If we're going to worship the one true living God, it must be conducted in spirit and in truth. worship a righteous connection to God welcome to brothers of the word because brother you need the word <laughs> the open verse comes from the book of John chapter 4 verse 24 and it reads God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth the title of this message is called True Worship, A Righteous Connection to God. True Worship, A Righteous Connection to God. It's based on that title message. I'm led just to take off my shoes. I think it's going to show reverence later on in the message. This message is about God. It's about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. We talk about the righteous connections. As we go. All right. Like I said, this message is of God. This message, God is calling us back to the heart of worship, to that place where we can worship him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Setting aside quality time, quality time, seeking his presence. Psalms 99, verse 9 reads, Exalt the Lord our God. And worship in his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. He's what? He's holy. I'd like to define the word worship and praise. Because there are distinctions between the two as one flows perfectly into another. First, the word worship. In the Greek is pronounced proskoneo. Pros meaning towards. Koneo meaning to kiss. Worship is defined as to adore, to pay divine honors to, to reverence with supreme respect and veneration. On the other hand, praise is defined as the offering of grateful homage in words of songs as an act of worship. Part two of that definition, it means the expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred of gifts award, or honor that is bestowed or awarded to us, a glorifying or extolling unto God. In essence, we praise God for what he has done for us, what he's doing for us, what he promised to do for us in the future. As we place our trust in him, he will show up. Now, those things that we talk about when it comes to praise, we can identify like those tangible things. Protection. Thank you for your protection, Lord. Thank you for my family, your mercy, your grace, your love, my family, my home, your favor, etc., etc. We praise God for those things. But worship goes a little bit deeper. Because to truly worship God is to worship him for who he is. We're focused on him because he is the what? The great I am. We must do this with great awe. And divine recognition of his majesty, his sovereignty, righteousness, and holiness. This true worship can never be done in the flesh. God knows his true worshipers. Because it is a matter of what? It's a matter of the heart. 
which requires divine intimacy with the Father, seeking his face even in some of the most difficult and challenging times of our life. Now, we do have some pop-in and pop-out worshipers. We have those drive-by worshipers. But because trying to worship God with the hope of getting you out of a jam or out of a spiritual storm will not necessarily work out the way that you would expect because of what? Impure motives. God knows the heart. That's why if we're going to worship the one true living God, it must be conducted in spirit and in truth. Now, I realize that difficulties and troubles and times can be a legitimate distraction that can heavily burden our hearts, which can short circuit our praise and worship to God. That's why God is making this altar call to his people to return to true worship. Perhaps many of us, many of you, were one time in that walk with God where you were spending those quiet moments, those moments spending that quality time with God, worshiping him. But over time, we have allowed the cares of this world to take a stronghold in our life, my life, your life, moving us from the position of holy worship on a regular basis. So God wants you to trust God to get you through those difficult circumstances that you may be facing for the purpose of God, for whatever reason that it may be, and recommit yourselves to divine worship, which allows the Spirit of God to intervene on our behalf. Because the Holy Spirit is our righteous connection. Remember those connections we talked about, this message, this about connections, who connects with our spirit, taking charge, leading us into the very presence of the Father, into the presence of God, into the throne room of his grace, into the mercy seat of his love. This is a place where several things can occur. I want you to just think about God for a few seconds, who he is, and what I'm talking about as we begin to connect those righteous connections that leads to God. Now, God always gives open invitations to encounter his holy presence. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, talks about Isaiah encounter. After encountering with God, the encounter he saw, the things that he saw, he said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. His encounter with the mighty God changes the way you see things. Also in the book of Revelation shows how John encountered with God. His encounter with God, God began to show him, to reveal to him the end times events that would take place on earth. He even saw the 24 elders worship him around the throne, worshiping God. He saw insight of what's really happened, things that we cannot see. He was able to see because of what? The encounter with God. And with Moses, his encounter with God was revealed in multiple ways. From the burning bush, miracles in Egypt, 40 days and 40 nights on the mountainside with God, no food, no water to drink for 40 days. So Moses even saw this kind of glory of God. He spoke with him face to face. So what would be your encounter once you tune in, put everything to the side and begin to seek God for who he is? I mean, some things that happens that we know about, Speaking in tongues can occur under the control of the Holy Spirit. This is where the supernatural power of God emerges on the scene, allowing his righteous connection to take full control. This is where divine dialogue stops and a divine monologue occurs. Now, we may start off with prayer, praising, 
connected with God in prayer. But when God comes on the scene, there's nothing we can say. Just want to just hear from him. Just want to bask in his presence. And that's what God wants you to do. Get to that level where he can come on the scene, where you can sit still and know that he's God. But before we get to that place, we will now discuss several righteous connections that leads to true worship. Seven righteous connections that leads to true worship. The first one will be salvation. Second one will be surrender. Third is sacrifice. Prayer. Fourth one, meditation. Fifth, praise. And last one, worship. Those seven connections, the righteous connections that leads to God. Now, this is at the point of salvation is where we become the righteousness of God, where he declares his righteousness upon us, which initiates the righteous connection to God. Salvation also involves constant repentance of our sin, submitting daily to the lordship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Psalms 3 and 8 says, Salvation belongs to the Lord. All right, the second one, surrender. When it comes to surrender, you must surrender your heart in this connection. Our heart, soul, mind, and strength to the process of becoming that new creation in Christ. Where all things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Surrendering the second connection that leads to God. The third, sacrifice. Sacrifice. In Romans 12.1, it says, By God's mercy, he wants us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. He wants to be wholly acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. Sometimes it's involved fasting and obeying the word and the voice of God. It's key elements of sacrifice. You can sacrifice many other things. Some people have to sacrifice television, might have put aside some food, like we said. Whatever it takes to, that you need that could be hindering any type of flow, you check with God and see what it is. Make that sacrifice. He may instruct you to do certain things, to make a sacrifice for him, to get to him. All right. Third one's praying, prayer. Now, prayer is our main connection to the throne room of God. It must be without ceasing because the word says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person availeth much. James five sixteen. Also in Proverbs fifteen twenty nine it says the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So we just can't just go lack of days even to come to praying to God. We have to zoom in and focus, get the dialogue going. And then begin to sit still and see what he has to say. When you really think about it, sometimes we can't really say anything in prayer. Sometimes it's just best to be quiet and just think about his goodness. And try to hear his voice. Get his guidance for the day, the instruction for the day. But prayer, consistent prayer, is one of the main righteous connection to the throne room of God. The next one, meditation. Meditation. Now, has God instructed Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8? We instructed him to meditate on his word day and night. And so shall we must meditate on his word day and night. And this will allow our faith to grow as we understand the truth. And our trust in God will begin to blossom. 
By meditating on the word of God and keeping our mind stayed on him will help drive many of the world's distraction as we connect with God in times of worship. Psalms 104.34 says, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let me say that again. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. So meditation may take some time. So like I said before, quality time. This is quality steps that we're taking here that leads to God. So meditation upon God. I mean, you got to get into the word. Think about who he is, what he's done for you. Keep your mind focused on God, your meditation time. For meditation, we can go into that praise. We hear often that when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Amen? That's what we hear, and we know that's true by faith. Now, praise of thanksgiving and gratitude is that righteous connection that overflows into true worship. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, Let everyone that hath breath praise the Lord. And Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So praise is what we do often. We come to church, we thank him for a lot of things that he's done, past, present, future, that's respecting. So it's praising, it's lifting your hands and thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Just thanking God. Because God inhabits the praise of his people. So praise is constant praise. It's vital. Like I said, praise is the one connection that leads into that worship, that flow into that worship. The place we're trying to get to God. We meditate. We pray. We praise him. Trying to connect into his presence. And praise of thanksgiving will get us there. Now, worship. It's the last one. Worship. It says here, true worship must be done with a, a what? A clear conscience and a pure heart while delighting in his holy presence. Think about what I'm saying. Would y'all like to delight in God's presence? It's what we should strive for as his children. We should strive to get into his presence, to break into that. Psalms 29.2, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Once again, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If you don't see God as holy, it's hard to get into the worship. You know, some people saying, I'm talking to the man upstairs. If that's how you think he's a man, then we can't get no farther than that. He's bigger than that. He's mightier than that. He's powerful than that. So you got to see God differently. Your mind has to be changed. We think about God, God there, but no, no, no. We got to bag this thing up. We have to reset our minds, our thoughts. Let God begin to connect to our brains, to our mind, and to our vision of who he really is. Okay, now we went over the seven connections, the righteous connections that lead to God. Now, there's also some unrighteous connections. What? Yeah. But it may not be connected to God, but there's some unrighteous connections. Because we do have false worshipers. Like I said before, we're trying to, to worship God in the flesh. It says in Luke 4, 8, Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall I serve. Now, who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping people? Are we? Are we worshiping the celebrities? Some are. Many are. Are we worshiping the money? God wants to have money, but 
We cannot worship those things. Are we worshiping cars, things that we see. Some people worship the husband, the boyfriend, girlfriends, and they, in terms, get disappointed, become jealous and raging, and, and now you want to get divorced, now you want to fight, now you want to kill, because what? Because God is here, that person is here. So the person you're worshiping lets you down because your focus is not on God, on that person. Some people worship fame. Some people want to be worshipped. So worshiping, you have to check yourself. Who am I worshiping? What am I worshiping besides the true living God? We have, under this unrighteous connection, we have false religion. People don't want to deal with Christian. They don't want to deal with Jesus Christ because the Bible requires us to, to rid our sins as God cleanses us from all unrighteousness. They just want to live the way they want to live and whether, rather go to religion that satisfies them. That's unrighteous connection. You're connecting with the wrong source. And that leads into another one we're going to talk about. It's which contaminate your heart. When your heart is contaminated, it's hard to see the things of God. Your heart becomes hardened to the things of God. Only God can break that contaminated heart. And some people operate in deception. One of the things that we have to watch out for in this times is social media. People, like I said, like to be worshipped, like to have followers. But if it's done in the wrong taste, it can be dangerous. You can have a person on social media smiling like everything's going on, good, but behind the scenes, they're miserable. But they could say this and you follow them on that. They lead you off course. They may say something like, you know, it's okay to do this. It's okay to sin. They'd be like, okay, that's my follower. But some people will take whatever they say and run with it. So you have to be conscious of social media and what's behind the scene. When a person takes a platform, a person has followers, that could contaminate your heart and take you off course from God. Those unrighteous connections. Now, let's go into the benefits of worshiping God. Benefits of worshiping God. It's not a waste of time. But you have to find time to do it. Make time to do it. Number one, it purifies your heart. It purifies your heart. The benefit of worshiping God purifies the heart of man. It's cleansed from all unrighteousness. And you know the word, God tells you repent of your sins and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you must confess your sins. Keep it purified. And things do get into our hearts. Things like unforgiveness is one. So when you begin to worship God, those things begin to break the chain began to break, and then you begin to feel free, liberated. What spirit of God is, that's what liberty, that's freedom. God wants us free from the bondage, from the chain that held us bound. Okay, so the next one, it does. Number two, it matures you in the fruit of the spirit. In other words, the fruit of the spirit is beginning to grow with you as you walk with God, as you worship God. The love, your love walk begin to change. Begin to, to love God more, to love others, your neighbors. That's a certain joy that comes with worshiping God, the benefit of him. The joy can be overwhelming. The peace that God gives you. And when you connect in worshiping with God, God always releases the peace upon you. But your mind can focus upon him. Those things that is in the world, the circumstances that you may be facing, peace that surpasses all understanding begin to take place and get you through that week through that day, through those tough hours that you may or may not be facing. Long-suffering. It changes long-suffering. After those long-suffering become patient a little bit better. In traffic, you could be a little bit better in traffic. You could be a little bit better with your spouse. Long-suffering. 
changes everything around when you begin to connect with, connect with God. You're more gentle. Gentleness. Your goodness begins to show. Your faith begins to get stronger. You become meek in so many ways. And temperance. All those fruits of the Spirit, each and every one will be activated, begin to grow, begin to mature as you walk, as you worship God. Okay, number four, you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to the leading of his voice, and, and God begins to direct you because he understanding that you are in the place of friendship now. You are in a place where God calls you his friend. And he's holding your steps. He's directing your path. That's where you want to be at. The Father calling you friend. Okay, the next one that it does, it improves sin awareness in your life. You become more sensitive to sin, become to a place of quick repentance, because you don't want to violate that place of worship. You want to get back to that worship, to prayer. You don't want to hang around in unforgiveness, things that God tells you to deal with. Deal with this. You said this. You did that. Go back and fix that. Then come back to me so we can continue to communicate, so I can commune with you. So, you rather not do that sin. You rather repent, move on because God is more important than holding on to whatever it may be. Now, are y'all getting something tonight? Are we learning a little bit tonight, everyone? Now, in conclusion, God is saying it's time to return to the heart of worship. Just you and the Father. Remember, we are created to worship. Worship is a gift from God. When you think about worship, you think about uh, the people of Israelites, the people who left Egypt. When Moses went into a mountain, the first thing they did was begin to worship a calf, an image. They began to, to worship. That's, that's in us, to worship. That's why we have to be careful, be mindful of who we worship and what are we worshiping because we are created. It's a gift from God. We will worship something, someone, and we don't be careful and be mindful of it. Because we are what? We're created to worship. And we're created to worship God. All creation is to worship the Father. Now, we talked about getting to the presence of God. We talked about God wanting you to come to him, to spend time with him, to spend quality time with him, to set aside that time for him. How do we do it? We're giving you the righteous connection. We're giving you those steps. But it's also a preparation process that you can do. Number one, you can set aside one hour, one day a week, for example. It could be your Sabbath day. You can set aside that day. This is what I'm going to do every Friday at 8 o'clock. I'm going to clear my schedule. I'm going to go into worship. I'm going to go into praying, to praising God, seeking his face, and try to enter into that place where I can get that Shekinah glory, Shekinah glory. You never know what you'll get when you break into his presence. You also, in preparation, you can honor God. You know, God wants our hearts to be cleansed, but we can also can, you can take a shower, preparation, anoint yourself with oil, getting ready to go into the presence of God because he's holy. You're doing this in preparation for God. You're putting the effort and making effort to do this in seeking God, and God sees your effort. Also, you can, at that time, preparation, you can do Holy Communion with God, remembering the blood, the sacrifice Jesus made. You can do that as well in preparation for worship. You also add worship music, the music that set the atmosphere, slows everything down, gets your heart to slow down, your mind to slow down, to think about God, to put your focus totally only on God for that one hour, 
that he's asking you to do, that you wanting to do, he's asking us to do, to come back to the heart of worship. Worship. Worship is what God is calling his people to do. In these difficult times, in the pleasant times, God wants you to stay with him, want his children to return. He wants us to look at it differently. Now that's old. Some of you may have been there, like I said already. Some of you may be doing it right now. But maybe you can think about the next level in God. So, with all that said, we want to just thank God and thank him for his goodness. Another thing that I mentioned earlier, to take your shoes off when you go to the presence of God, begin to worship. So, unveil yourself. Strip down. Do the things that, that you feel comfortable with. It's between you and God how you want to conduct your worship. But the main thing is to focus on God Almighty. Be worthy to be praised. Worship his holy name. Thank you for joining me tonight at Brothers of the Word because brother and sister, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled True Worship, A Righteous Connection to God by Ringo Johnson. This message is number 6605, that's 6605. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6605 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.